Never say goodbye, because goodbye means going away, and going away means forgetting, said Tinkerbell to Peter Pan as they were conversing in the movie. You know, we have a hard time as people with goodbyes, or at least, well, maybe I should say at least I have a hard time with goodbyes. As I grew up in a military family, we moved every three to four years, and you know, no sooner did I make friends, I had to say goodbye to them, often departing with tears and memories as we went off to our next duty station. I remember it was just as bad when my parents dropped me off at college for the first time, and then after my freshman year, it got worse because they moved 6,000 miles across the pond to Italy. They didn't have any family in the area. And it became more and more difficult. But most often, as I said goodbyes, I'd always hear the phrase, we'll see you soon. We'll meet up again one day. No, you know, it didn't make any difference. Goodbyes are hard. They're never easy, and some things are harder to part from than others, quite honestly. Perhaps this is why this festival day, Ascension Day, is not celebrated with a fanfare that it deserves. Many churches across the ecumenical spectrum don't celebrate Ascension Day on its given day. Those who do will usually celebrate it a few days later, and Pentecost Sunday, and most of them don't celebrate it at all. Maybe it's because... Many don't know what to make of it. Maybe they don't understand what it is or they're having a hard time wrapping their minds around this account of Jesus being whisked up into the clouds away from the disciples. You know, we celebrate it every year here at Ascension. How can we not when our church is called Ascension Lutheran, right? But do we know the importance of the Ascension Day? Of why we remember Ascension? Why we always go through this account and celebrate it? Or do we just recognize it as the day that Jesus was whisked up in the clouds and nothing more? And it becomes a foregone conclusion, another story in the Bible. So just how important is the ascension of Christ? So important that St. Luke gives two accounts of the ascension of Christ. First, briefly at the end of the Gospel of Luke, and then in more detail here in Acts chapter 1. Already having appeared to the apostles many times during the past 40 days, Jesus is with His apostles yet again. And Jesus tells them to remain in Jerusalem until they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about what He says here and what what His words imply. Because it's something I struggle with greatly. His words imply patience. Think about that. Wait here. Wait for the promise of the Father. Now, I don't know if the apostles understood just yet that by receiving the Holy Spirit and going out and advancing the gospel is a part of God's grand plan for the restoration of Israel. But the apostles, perhaps in awe of the resurrection or maybe just simply comforted by the fact that their Savior is still with them and still not sure what to make of the events that occurred 40 days earlier, they begin to ask the mother of all questions. Lord, will you at this time restore Israel? Or maybe they said it this way. Lord, are you really going to finally restore Israel now? This is no small question. This is something that's been weighing on their minds. They, like all of Israel, have been waiting a long, long time for the restoration of Israel. They, they, they long for Israel to be restored to its former glory, to the good old days, to have a land of their own, to be free of enemies. But guess what? We're going to wait a long, long time 
still. Jesus says to him, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by His own authority. Then Jesus reminds them of the promise that they will receive the Holy Spirit. And there will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And before they can question Him any further, poof, Jesus is gone in a cloud right before their very eyesight. Just like that. Imagine standing there with him. You're having this conversation with Jesus, and then he says one thing, and maybe you have on your mind another question to ask him. You got another inquiry, and then he just vanishes right before your eyesight. You know, I imagine maybe this might have taken them off guard a little bit. Gone again, and this time not even a goodbye. You're just going to disappear, Jesus? Second, I imagine it might have left them with a deer in the headlights mentality. I mean, imagine how spectacular that must have looked. He's there, and then all of a sudden, he's whisked away in a great cloud up under the sky, and they're standing there mesmerized by the whole thing, watching him ascend away. They don't even look at each other and ask, wait a minute, what just happened? What just happened here? No, we find the apostles standing there with their necks craned, probably have a cramp in it by this point, and their eyes fixed up into the heavens. Now, that question of, What just happened might have been on their minds, and perhaps it's on our minds too. So what is this ascension really all about? Jesus didn't just appear, disappear from them for good, leaving their heads in the clouds, though it may appear that way. Jesus' ascension all along has been part of God's plan for the restoration of Israel. The cloud that whisked Jesus up to heaven isn't the departing dust of Jesus' feet fleeing from us because He's done with us. It's Jesus going up in the presence of God, taken to heaven to fully be restored in the power and love of His Father. He's restored to His throne with all the creation under His feet. It signifies Luke's pervasive theme of Jesus' lordship. And now that Jesus is with the Father, now the stage is set for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Matthew 28 in the Great Commissioning, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So this sending of the Holy Spirit a few days later is not only for empowerment to go and baptize and teach in the name of the triune God, but it's also the presence of God in keeping with Jesus' words of always being with us. And the Holy Spirit comes to the apostles a short time later. But for now, now they're stuck with their heads up in the clouds looking for the disappearing Jesus. Snap out of it! I remember back in my Little League days, standing at the plate, having just struck out on a third straight curveball. I couldn't hit a curve to save my life, and honestly today, I probably couldn't hit a, a straight ball to save my life either. Three straight swings, three straight misses. Came back to the dugout, and I sat in silence with my head in the proverbial clouds, wondering what just happened. And my coach trying to talk to me, but all I heard was Charlie Brown teacher talk of wah, 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 as he's looking at me, and he says those words, snap out of it. And when I focused on him, he said to me, when it comes to curves, don't focus on where the ball is. Focus on where the ball is going to be. 
Now get in the game. I remember those words because I've had many moments in my life with my head in the clouds wondering what just happened. I imagine we all have at some point in time. Coming out of the clouds means what? It means coming back to reality. Facing the reality of our situations. Engaging back in life. Moving forward again. Getting back in the game. Look at the apostles. Standing there, gazing in the clouds, looking for Jesus. They're called to snap out of it. Two men standing in white robes stood by them saying, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw Him go into heaven. This was the apostles' call to snap out of it, to to gauge, to engage, to move forward, to stop gazing into heaven looking for Jesus where He just disappeared into. Those words of my little league coach now come back to mind. Don't look for where the ball is, but where it's going to be. Don't look to where Jesus is, Look to where Jesus is going to be. The apostles then go from Mount Olivet back to Jerusalem. We find out later on that you know they gather and they're in fellowship and prayer and eventually they're baptized with the Holy Spirit and they hit the road. Going forth, moving on, doing God's work. And so must we. An ascension might signify the physical absence of Jesus, but not the total absence of Jesus. So how do we live today without the physical presence of Jesus in our lives? How do we get out of the clouds and get back to reality? Honestly, what kind of clouds are we, have we been caught up in, staring at, or just wondering what just happened? Well, think about it. One of the most prevalent clouds we've been caught in for the last year has been this COVID thing. Brought everything to a grinding halt. Took us out of community and fellowship with one another for a short period of time. Still has us behind masks to some degree. We've been in a pastoral vacancy for 18 months now. Waiting for a new senior pastor to come on board. What about in our individual lives? Maybe it's been a departure from good health. Or financial woes that we've been caught up in. Any number of things that that cloud our lives and and cause us to wonder what just happened that frees us in a moment in time to the point that we aren't putting one foot in front of the other one and doing what God calls us to do. And if you're like me, perhaps you've asked asked Jesus that mother of all questions. Lord, when will you restore Israel? Lord, when will you rescue me from these troubles? When will we be restored to normalcy? When are we going to have a pastor, Lord? When am I going to have a job? Any number of those things are probably questions that we've all asked God at some point. We want the good old days back at Ascension. We want things to be the way we remembered them in the good times in our lives. But the world is a constantly changing place. Things are never the same from one day to the next. They might appear that way, but the more time goes on, the more things change. Now, when Jesus ascended into heaven, it didn't mean for Israel a return to the glory days of old. Rather, what it did was it signified that a new change was taking effect. And with the giving of the Holy Spirit, Israel would be moving to God's goal of being the light unto the world. You know, as we come out of COVID-19, things have changed. But there are new opportunities presented to us as a church 
to bring the light into the world. We can still move forward doing God's work even though we're waiting on a pastor. Those things don't need to stop. We just need to get our necks from craned up here to look down here. To look at how God works in our lives. And, and Jesus' presence is still with us in the Word and in the sacrament. His presence is with us with his, when His believers are gathered around Him. And each one of us in our baptisms got the same Holy Spirit that the apostles got. Jesus has never left us. It's never been a goodbye because He's still with us. So stop looking at the curveball. Stop looking up into the clouds. We need to look at those opportunities that are presented to us on a daily basis, both as individuals and as a church, to take God's light into the world. Because that's all part of the plan of the restoration of Israel. And we move forward together, just as the apostles did. Called by God to, honestly, snap out of it. Because of the ascension, we continue to be in His presence. And because of the ascension of Jesus, we have His eternal presence and will not be harmed by any other departure we face in our lives, like departure from normalcy or health or relationships. And that alone, my friends, that alone is reason to celebrate the ascension of our Lord Christ Jesus. And to God be all the glory. Amen.